Thanks for checking out the Hope Culture Church podcast. To learn more and to stay connected, visit www.hopeculturechurch.com or follow us on social media at Hope Culture Church. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Morning. Welcome once again. Uh, I'm Dan. For those of you who we haven't met yet, I'd love to meet you after service. I'm excited to be continuing our series this week. This series is all about us as a church and reaching the world around us. Week one, we talked about how we will do anything we can uh, to reach people for Jesus. We talked about that story where they cut a hole in the roof because we want to get people in front of Jesus and we want to get Jesus in front of people. So that looks like inside of the church and outside of the church. And then last week, we talked about serving. And I know some of you here, some of you weren't. The online registration fills up fast, so it's a race to see who gets to be in the room next week, one week at a time. So don't forget to register after church today. But last week, we talked about serving and how it's countercultural. That if we're called to leadership, that means we're called to be a servant. That um, if we want to be great in the kingdom of God, it means becoming the least. And this week's message is once again, countercultural. We're, we're pushing it a little bit farther. I think this one's actually more uncomfortable. I think it's a little bit even harder for us to grasp because I do think it's so ingrained that we think differently than this. And what we're going to be talking about this week is honor. We're going to be talking about honor. And honor, I, I've always learned about it, you know, in the church world. I've heard about it. I've heard it talked about and different things like that. But I never really understood its importance until I was a little bit older. And so this message is called Honor 360, and that hopefully will make a little sense later. But I was at a, a church conference uh, quite a few years ago, and there was an opportunity for those of us who are younger and in ministry, called to pastoral ministry, serving as pastors, uh, to go into a room with one of the pastors that I respect, uh, Pastor Jeremy DeWert. He's the lead pastor, him and his wife, at City First Church out in Rockford. And so we were having this mini session during the conference where we just got to ask him anything. He's like, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? And one of the questions somebody in the room asked was, what do you wish you would have understood earlier on in ministry? And he didn't even hesitate. He just said, honor. He goes, I've always known about honor, but there's something about it that I didn't totally understand. And I wish I would have done it even better. I wish I would have understood all that it meant. And he goes, I have a phrase that I talk about with his staff all the time. He says, we, we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. And so really that is the, the idea of the message today. And so if we're going to be talking about honor, that begs the question, why does honor actually matter to me? You know, we always, we're a little selfish by nature. We want to know like what, what good is that for me? But there is hardly anything in the Bible that is more connected to God's blessing and reward than honor. And I, I would love for you to fact check that. Start flipping through Old Testament, New Testament, and look for times that honor is shown, and then look at the blessing that follows it. You know, in the Ten Commandments, there's ten. You've probably heard of them. Maybe you couldn't name them all. That's okay. But we know a few of them. You know, put God first, don't murder people, you know, those big ones. But then there's also honor your father and mother. And that is the only one that has a promise attached to it, so that you may live a long life. Over and over we see in the Bible that honor is connected with blessing. And so the reason that this message is so important for me is I don't want you to miss out on that. And, and here's the thing. John is writing a letter, 2 John, um, and he's writing and he tells the church. He's talking about love. He's talking about doing what Jesus has commanded. And he says this in 2 John 1.8, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. 
Now, I want to be clear here. He's not specifically just talking about honor here. He's talking about doing all that God has commanded them to do, to love people around them and do those things. But what is implied here is that you can get to the point where you're before God and you could get a partial reward. Do you guys see that? It says make sure that you do all that we've talked about so you can get the full reward. The implication of that is that you could get less than the full reward. You get a partial reward. You can get no reward and things like that. And so over and over in scripture, we see rewards talked about. You know, Proverbs says that the righteous will see their reward on earth. And we know ultimately that's not what we're living for. We're living for what God has for us uh, in the future. And we're not even, we're not even reward driven in the first place, but God knows us well enough that he, when he created us, he knows that those things do matter to us, that we are motivated by that. And so John is saying, It is not ungodly. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's writing to the church saying, make sure you get the full reward. So really, that's my heart for today's message. In talking about honor, I want us to not miss out on what God might have for you in your life. But it looks so different than what we see in everything around us. I wanted to start with a story of Jesus not receiving honor. Maybe you've heard this story. It's in Mark chapter 6. It says that Jesus left that part of the country and returned to his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. He's going back home. Verse 2 says, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom he has been given? He even does miracles. Verse 3, Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Do you guys see that natural progression? They're like, wait, wait, wait. Is this the same Jesus that my son went to school with? Is this the carpenter that we have, you know, his furniture in our living room? Is this the same guy? And because they knew him so well, he'd become, he, he seemed normal to them. They didn't receive him in the way they should have. Look at verse 4. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He's like, only in his hometown is a prophet without honor. When it becomes so common and ordinary that you no longer value him the way you should, um, you miss out. A couple verses later, we see that, that it says he could not do many miracles there. It doesn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. And that's hard for me to like wrestle with, you know? He's God in the flesh. But there's something about a lack of honor that inhibits the blessing of God in their life. They were amazed. They thought, wow, this is cool. He's a great teacher. It said they were amazed. But they didn't receive all that he could have offered them. They only received part of it because they had a lack of honor. And we see this theme over and over and over in in the Gospels. Uh, An opposite theme is we actually see that the centurion, who is not even part of God's people, didn't grow up with the scriptures, comes to Jesus with so much faith. He's like, Jesus, can you heal the person in my house? And, And Jesus is like, yes, you want me to go? And he goes, you don't even need to go. You don't even need to go. I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. When you're under authority, you have authority to say things and they happen. He recognized Jesus' authority, a way of showing honor. And Jesus said what? He said, wow, I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. I was thinking about that this week. All of Israel, who does that include? That includes John the Baptist. That includes 
his mom, Mary. It includes the disciples who are with him in that moment. He's saying, this centurion who is not even part of Israel has more faith than all of these people because of his understanding of authority. And so Jesus does it. He says the word and the, the person gets healed. He received the full reward. There's something connected to honor and understanding authority that leads to blessing. And I want us to experience that. First, I think it's important to kind of distinguish what is honor. What, what does that mean? Because when Jesus says in, in that Mark passage, only in a, his hometown is a prophet without honor, that word without honor is atimos. And that means to dishonor, obviously. It's just they added the antonym. But what that means is that they treated him as common or ordinary. That honor is about placing value on something and not treating it as ordinary. So I have a Mike Singletary signed football that I got. And I'm not a huge football person, but I do enjoy football occasionally. The Bears play at noon today. Go Bears. And then the Mike Singletary football has a little bit of extra special meaning to me because of how I got it. I got it in, in a time that God had really spoken to me about something and it actually came from uh, a church setting and it was a really cool thing. So because it is signed by Mike Singletary, who's a, a Hall of Famer, I don't treat it the same way as I treat the other footballs in our garage, right? You know, I have it in a case. It's not the one I take out in the backyard with Judah and Matthias. That is the idea of honor. Honor is not treating something as common or ordinary. It's placing value on it. If you don't want a common and ordinary marriage, don't treat your spouse as common and ordinary. Place value on them. Show them that they, their worth. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, that's probably what you did when you were dating, right? You bought them things. You went on dates. You went out of your way to think about them. That's all communicating that they are not ordinary to you, right? You're communicating value. But then suddenly you've been married for five years, ten years, and all of a sudden you're treating them as ordinary. Your, your marriage becomes ordinary. There's something that happens when we treat people with honor. Honor believes the best, it builds up, and it values. And dishonor tears down, believes the worst, and devalues. You know, there's a lot of times where I've been talking to uh, some of our overseers and things like that, and, and just they'll share and, and we'll share back and forth, and they'll talk about couples that they're counseling, uh, just as an example to help, you know, us learn and things like that. And they'll share stories about how somebody will be in their office and they'll, they'll, the, the tension is escalating in the couple that they're counseling and they'll be like, well, if she was like your wife, it would be easy. Or if he was like you, it would be easy. But see what they did there is they stopped honoring their spouse. And I honestly think a lot of times when we honor, people begin to live up to that instead of down to it. In Luke 5, it says that Jesus had the power with him to heal. This is the story we actually talked about two weeks ago when they cut the hole in the roof. Uh, it said Jesus had the power with him to heal, which means he was planning on healing somebody. God doesn't waste things. Yet the only person who got healed was the person who came through the roof. None of the religious leaders did because they showed a lack of honor in their thoughts. They were, they were upset. Who, who can claim to, to forgive sins? There's a lack of honor there. And honor originates in the heart. Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts 
are far from me. Honor is an outflow of what is inside. And here's a distinction I want to make. Respect is earned and honor is given. Respect is earned and honor is given. A lot of times we get that confused because we're like, we'll, we'll treat you with honor when, you ha- when you're honorable. No, that's respect. We'll respect people when, when they show they earn it. But honor is something that we place on somebody because they have intrinsic value. We see the authority on their life. Mark 6, the passage we were reading earlier, Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. A lack of honor and faith limited what Jesus did. And so what I want to do a little bit is talk about what Pastor Jeremy shared, that we honor up, honor down, honor all around. I want to talk about those different things. And Matthew 10 41 to 42 illustrates that a little bit. Actually, starting in verse 40, it says, anyone, who rece- anyone of you who receives me receives the Father who sent me. This is Jesus talking. He's like, so if you receive me, the Father's going to bless you for that. And then he says in verse 41, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you'll be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive, a righteous, if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you'll be given a reward like theirs. And if you even give a cup of cold water, to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. This is Jesus talking about reward. The way you receive people has a direct impact on the, the reward you get because of it. And so if we're called to honor up, honor down, honor all around, those are the different areas I want to talk about. When we honor up, there's a few areas that the Bible makes it clear, the people in authority in our lives. Family, our parents, or to honor our father and mother, civil and social, you know, government leaders, bosses, coaches, teachers, and spiritual authority are the ones we're supposed to honor up. And so here's the thing where it gets really tricky. We all have the back of our mind, what about when they don't deserve it? What about when they're not honorable? Because the reality is, as I list those three slash four things, depending on if you split up civil and social, when I list those things, most of us have been hurt by someone in authority. Most of us can at least check the box for one of those. We've been hurt by spiritual authority, or we've been hurt by our parents, or we've been hurt by our boss, or we've been hurt by somebody in authority. Some of you can check all of those boxes. You've been hurt by, by people in every area of authority. And that is a reality that I'm very aware of when we're talking about this. So what does it look like when we're called to honor somebody who isn't worthy of honor in our eyes? Don't worry, I'm circling back to that. First, I want to talk about the different people. So, the first one is family. We're called to honor our father and mother. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live a long life in the land the Lord your God has given you. This is the first suggestion with a promise, right? I was just checking if you guys are awake. Nobody's awake. It's the first commandment with a promise, not a suggestion. It's the first commandment with a promise. This is important because uh, a lot of scholars talk about how the Ten Commandments are kind of in order of importance to God. You know, Jesus says he summarizes all the Old Testament with love God and love others. The first four are about loving God. The next six are about loving others. When you get to the loving others part, this is the first one. Honor your father and mother. The next one is murder. That seems, ra- that seems crazy, right? My dad said amen to that. But here's, here's the thing. It matters a lot to God. And we don't get that in our culture. We don't. Like, it seems so far outside of our box. And I'm not saying murder doesn't matter. I'm just saying this is how much honor matters. 
I'm trying to emphasize that. That there's stories where Noah does things that, you know, if you know the Old Testament well, he just does things he shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, you know, he gets a little intoxicated and things happen and stuff like that. The result of that is he doesn't get in that much trouble. He's kind of shamed and things like that. His son dishonors him because of it. And his son gets cursed by God. And that seems so unfair to our Western mindset. That makes no sense to us. But honor matters so much to God. And so much so that he attaches a blessing and a promise to it. So we're called to honor our parents. And this is like a big thing for us too as parents to think about when we're raising our kids is that the movies and TV that they're watching does not teach this. So we have to teach it because they are constantly seeing authority disrespected all around in their life, at school, in the media, and things like that. And so it's really important for us to talk about, talk about our parents in front of them positively and things like that. And we're going to come back to what about when your parents don't deserve it. Civil. Those in authority. Romans 13 talks about give everyone what you owe them. If you owe them their taxes or fees, give them that. If you owe them honor or respect, give them honor. And this is, again, whether or not you agree. When, when they're writing this and someone is in charge, that is not good. They talk about this again in uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter talks about, you know, honor the emperor or honor the king, depending on your translation. That was Nero at the time. He was literally killing Christians. And he says to still have honor towards that. What does that look like? What does that mean? We're supposed to have honor towards our teachers, bosses, coaches. And we're supposed to have honor towards spiritual authority. 1 Timothy 5.17, The elders who direct the affairs of the church are well worth a double honor, especially those who work as preaching and teaching. And this is something that I try to practice in my life because every pastor needs a pastor, at least one. I have a few. And so the spiritual leadership in my life, I am consistently asking myself, how do I show them honor? What does that look like? And that's a hard question because our culture doesn't have it built in like some cultures. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week with culture shock and how different cultures do things differently. You know, for, for pastors or missionaries who travel, you can go to a country like Korea and you can ask somebody before you go, how do I show honor and how do I show dishonor? And they can tell you. You show honor by bowing a little. Not too much. That's a different country. Just a little bit. Just a little bow. You give gifts. Gifts are a sign of honor, but don't give them one-handed. Give them two-handed. You know, how do I show dishonor? You put your feet up on the table. You know, things we don't think about. Just it's a different culture. But if you think about that, what in our culture communicates honor? We don't have a whole lot built in naturally. We don't have the things that are our normal cues. We have little things, you know, we could probably scrounge up a list, but it's not as natural. So asking your question, what communicates honor is important. So for me, it looks different depending on the person. You know, if it's someone who I know is busy, I'm going to make sure I respect their time. I'm going to be there before they are, and I'm going to end when I said we were going to end. Like, I'm going to respect their time and show them honor. One of my mentors spoke here uh, in March, right before we shut everything down, uh, evangelist and Dr. Dana Mori. And so for, for me, I show honor to him. I buy lunch when we meet. At least I try to. Sometimes he doesn't let me. But most of the time, I pay for lunch. And when we were church planning, that was hard because we didn't have any money. I had no income or anything like that last summer. And I'd be like, I really want to get together. I want to process some things with him. I want to pray. I want to get insight and wisdom. And I was like, but I know that it's going to cost us. But I was like, it's worth it. Like, I am fine showing honor and communicating value. And so we're supposed to show honor up, honor down, honor all around. That's up. What about honor down? Those who are entrusted to us. 
Maybe at first you're like, I don't really have anybody. But if you think about it, you, you probably do. There's people in your life who maybe you have kids or grandkids. Maybe there's somebody who works for you. Maybe there's just people that you see and, you know, they're just different than you and you can show them honor. When we show honor to somebody else, maybe in our mind who we don't think deserves it, Jesus says you did it as if you did it for them, for him. He says, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done for me. He said in that passage we read earlier, any of my followers, if you give them a cup of water, you will definitely get a reward. You will surely get a reward. Another passage he's talking about, um, they're like, when did we see you in jail? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you hungry? When did we clothe you? And he said, whatever you did for somebody else, in my name, you, it's as if you did it for me. That starts to change how I think about honoring people that are entrusted to me. I want to honor my kids. I want to show them respect and communicate value to them because that's communicating the value I see that Jesus has for them. And I'm going to get blessed because of it. And then honor all around, honoring our peers and those who are like us, our coworkers, our spouse, things like that. Our spouse is a big one. We talked about it a little bit earlier. But first Peter actually says, husbands, if you don't honor your wife and treat her the way you should, heaven doesn't actually hear your prayers. That's a big deal. So before you just go up to somebody random, maybe check out how they're treating their spouse. See if their prayer is actually going to do anything in the first place. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, That's not nice. But, But here's the thing is honor actually matters. What goes in and out of heaven is influenced by the way we treat people on earth. And so we're called to honor those around us. I love the way that Paul puts it in Romans 12.10. He says, love one another with a brotherly affection and take delight in honoring one another, honoring each other. The ESV says, outdo each other in showing honor, as if it's like a contest. Like, I'm going to honor you more than you honor me. It's like honoring those around you. So we're called to honor up, honor down, honor all around, and it releases blessings. But what about that question we asked earlier, when people don't deserve it? It's partly to do with that respect thing we talked about, is that respect and honor are not the same thing. That you can honor somebody and disagree with them. You can honor somebody who's even hurt you. And that is hard. I honestly think that God blesses that even more, though, and I have personal stories to back that up. But when we show honor despite people giving it, that is still what we're called to do. Does that mean that we just do whatever they say? Does that mean we're in submission to that in the same way? Does it, does it do all the things? Absolutely not. I, there's countless stories in the Bible where people showed honor but still didn't do what the person said. One of the first ones that came to my mind was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? There's these three guys. They're in captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue and tells everybody to worship it. And they're like, we're not going to worship that. There's only one true God. We're only going to worship God. They get called in front of Nebuchadnezzar. And they don't go, you jerk. We can't do that. We're not going to do that. They say, your majesty. They still communicated honor, but they still didn't do what he was asking. Because ultimately... Our honor goes first to God. And we're not going to be asked, he's not going to ask us to do anything that we shouldn't do because that would be outside of honoring him. So that is an easy place to draw the line. The second thing I would say about it is you can remove yourself from most authority in your life. And there are times to do that. 
There's times to get a new job. There's times to create some distance from your parents. There's some times to do all of those different things, to, to stand up for yourself and stand up for what is right. But you can still do it in a way that communicates value. You can still do it in a way that shows honor. And I hope that that makes sense as we kind of distinguish that because it gets really messy and really tricky. But the reality is, over and over and over, we see the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament talk about honor. It also ties it to blessing. And we see it talking about people who don't deserve it. And I don't know about you, but that's hard for me. It's easy when they deserve it. It's hard when they don't. But it doesn't mean, as the people of God, we get to not do it. We're still called to do it. And so I want us to be able to think critically and do it well, to show honor and communicate value while still standing up for what's right and, and doing what we're called to do, what God is ultimately asking us. And here's the thing. There is a chain when it comes to honor. We are in a kingdom, right? God is the king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says that he has a place and appointed authority says that in Romans 13. And, and in Acts chapter 17, it talks about how he's per, put you in certain times and places and families and set the boundaries in your life. And when we understand that those people are in our life only because God has put them there, it changes how we view that. Because I understand that authority always goes all the way back to the top. And so just because that person isn't doing it the way God asked them to, it doesn't mean God hasn't removed them yet. An example of this is David and Saul, right? Some of you know David. David is the guy who kills Goliath. He gets anointed by God to be king, and Saul is still anointed, but he's no longer following God. He did in the beginning, suddenly made a left turn, started doing his own thing, was no longer being blessed by God, but he was still the king, and he was still anointed. And he's trying to kill David while David knows he's rightfully the next king. What does David do? He says, I'm not going against the Lord's anointed. He had opportunity to take things into his own hands, but he left it in God's control until the right time. Does that mean he didn't stand up for himself or anything like that? No, he did. He ran for his life. But that's the thing about honor is you understand that it's only, people are only in authority because God has put them there. And showing them honor is showing God honor. When he says you receive me, in, when Jesus is talking about when you receive me, it's as if you're receiving the Father and you'll get your blessing. When you receive a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. When you receive a righteous person, you'll receive a righteous person's reward. When you do this for the least of these, you'll receive a reward. It's all showing that we understand the bigger picture, that we understand that all authority comes from God. And what that person is doing with the authority is not our control. And it doesn't change our response. It changes how much we respect them. It changes how much we submit to them, but it doesn't change how much we honor them. I hope that makes sense. I know it's tricky. And I want to ask us as a church to do this really, really well, that we honor people around us, that we honor people in the church, outside of the church, that we do this well because I want us to experience all God has for us. I've heard some really crazy stories about what God has done when churches and individuals become honoring. There was a pastor who was sharing the story about how he went to do some consulting at another church. And, you know, the church should have been growing. Like, 
things were going well, smooth, good team, all these different areas. And so he's consulting and he's talking to people and over and over and over, they're just talking about how, well, the lead pastor's idea about this was bad or this, this thing was bad. And, you know, it wasn't that they were necessarily wrong. It's just that he quickly found a theme that they didn't have honor for the person that was leading the church. He said he talked to them about that. Within four years, the church doubled in size. There's something about honor that releases the blessing of God. And it's not about numbers. It's not about anything like that. It's just about you receiving all that God has for you and us receiving all God has for us because we're people who communicate value to others. So honor is a hard issue. We can honor God with our lips, but our hearts can be far from him. And we can do the same thing with other people. And I think ultimately, a lack of honor towards others is always a result of not having enough honor for God. Because when you realize who God is, if that honor is connected to authority, if he's the king of kings and lord of lords, creator of the universe, the one who made everything and died for us, we would show honor to that. And so what I want to do is just pray. I want us to ask I just want us to be transparent before God. Maybe, maybe you just admit that you've messed it up a couple times and just ask for forgiveness. Maybe you felt convicted. Others of us, maybe we're just going to ask for God, would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us creativity to honor those in our life? God, we ask you to have your way in this moment. God, any walls we have up from past hurt, past pain, God, from ways that we've seen authority abused, God, would you do something in this moment to help us forgive and let those things down? God, would your spirit convict us in areas we need to be convicted and would you enable us to show honor? Not because necessarily the person does or doesn't deserve it, but because you've asked us to. That you've asked us to honor all people, to honor up, honor down, honor all around, to communicate value because every person has value in your eyes. God, would you give us wisdom and discernment how to apply this to our lives? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God shows honor to us, which is actually kind of a surprising thing. It's, it's a mind-blowing thing when you think about it. You know, in 1 Samuel, it says, those who honor God will be honored by God. And those who lightly esteem God will be lightly esteemed by God. And so God shows honor to people. And I think he even communicates value in his willingness to die for us. If honor is about showing value, he shows that he cared for us enough and loved us enough that he sent his one and only son to die for us. So maybe that's where it starts for you today. Maybe you've never understood how much God loves you or cares for you. The first step, if you want to honor others, is to honor God and make him the leader of your life, to say, I'm all in. My life is going a new direction now. I want to be made brand new on the inside. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again on the third day. And you're just going to say, God, I'm changing the direction of my life and I'm going to live under your authority now. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. Just repeat this in your heart or your mind. God, would you help us to see you for who you are? Would you forgive our sins? Would you give us brand new life? God, would we live under your authority first? Would we do things your way? In Jesus' name, amen.